Welcome to the Central Live Podcast with Pastor Jim Caldwell. At Central Baptist Church in Phoenix City, Alabama, it's our mission to make disciples who make disciples. Let's join Pastor Jim as he shares today's message. Amen. You can be seated. Whew. What a great time of worship this morning. I'm just uh, sitting here looking online with everybody. Uh, got a lot of people online today. Um, hey, if you're online, say amen something. Let me know you're here. All right, that's good. I can watch. And if you're here, say online. There, see, I, I knew I'd get you. All right, that's good. That's good. Glad everybody's here this morning. Man, I might can preach for a while after that. Huh? I'm just going to tell you, that's good stuff. So we're still in the, in the middle of the series, Being the Church During Difficult Days. And it is difficult days that we're in. There's no doubt about that. How many of you love a great God story? You know, where God moves and, you know, you get to hear and you're like, wow, that is so awesome. Uh, you know, a, a testimony of how God moved in somebody's life, something like that. When you really hear about how his power has been evidenced in people's lives, that's an encouragement, isn't it? It like, it like fires me up, gets me fired up. Uh, I know my friend Jeremy Head shared one of those stories on Facebook this week that I'm sure a lot of you saw. Uh, just a, a great God story. of You know, God stories, there's always one thing about them. God gets the glory. Right? God gets the glory. If you hear somebody with some great testimony, but God doesn't get the glory out of it, it's not a God story. It's a, it's a self story, right? So, but that, that was such a God story. You hear about pain. You hear about heartache, suffering, all, you know, things that are going on in people's lives. And then, then two words come into focus. But God. But God. You know, everybody had a but God moment. If you, if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you have him as your life, you've had a but, at least one but God moment, at least one of them. And uh, we're, we're still in the book of Acts, but I want us to flip over to the book of Ephesians to kind of set us up today. We're in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And we'll, we'll get to Acts, I promise. We're going to get there. Uh, Ephesians 2.1 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Okay, first I want you to notice what's the tense, uh, English people, what's the tense of the word were? It's past tense. You were dead. So he's talking to believers, okay? He's talking to people that are alive in Jesus Christ. So you were dead. This is the way you used to be. You were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. See, that's, that's the way we were. It, it, you go from death to life. That is a, an unbelievable uh, thing that happens. It's the biggest transaction you'll ever have, and it's, it's a but God moment when you go from death to life. Look at verse 2 with me. It says, In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. See, before we knew Christ, 
We were dead in our sins, and we followed the ruler of this world. We followed him. The ruler of this world is Satan. Uh, he, he, he has dominion right now, whether we like it or not. And we followed him. God give, now, God gives him dominion, okay, over what he gives him. But Satan is, is called the ruler of this world. You know, before you knew Jesus, if you have a relationship with him, before you knew Jesus, you were dead in your sin and you were an enemy of Jesus. Not only were you, you, you know, there's no such thing as being ambivalent toward Jesus. Either you're on his side, either you've received him or you haven't. You're either dead or you're alive. You ever seen anybody half dead? No, there's no such thing as half dead. You're either dead or you're alive, right? There's no such thing as in between. I know some of you are going to go, but I died on the table for 24 seconds. No, I, you were either dead or you were alive. I'm just telling you. You were either dead or you were alive. There, there's no in between. There's no gray area in this whatsoever. So every single one of us, it doesn't, if, before we knew Christ, we were enemies of God. We weren't his friend. We weren't on his side. We were enemies of God. Look at verse 3 with me. It says, Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Okay, I know this is going to be a hard thing to, to believe and understand. Lost people, people who don't know Jesus, act lost. Is that a revelation to you? They don't know any better. They are born dead in their sin. They have no relationship with God. They, it is natural for them to sin. So we can't hold unbelievers to a standard that we hold believers to. I think that's kind of one of the things that messed up the church really bad over the last 50 years is that we've tried to make lost people act like us, and if they acted like us, everything would be okay. Where does it have to happen? In the heart, right? In the heart. A change has to happen. You go from death to life. You're, it's normal for a lost person to sin. Boy, that looks uh, really real right now, doesn't it? There's all kinds of stuff going on in our country. All kinds of crazy stuff that I never would have believed I would see with my eyes or hear about with my ears that I never thought would happen. But see, when we're lost, when we don't know Jesus, when we don't have a relationship with Him, it is normal to sin. It is normal. It's normal. We lived life out of our own power, is what verse 3 says. We were the rulers of our lives. We were the king. We were the king of our lives. And when you're the king of the li your life, you get the consequences of the actions of, of those choices. And they do happen. They do happen. See, we lived for ourselves. But I, I love Ephesians 2, 4, the first part of that verse. Two words. What does it say? But God. But God. I'm telling you, those are two of the most powerful words you'll ever hear. Because but God, anything can happen after that. Am I right, Jeremy? But God and anything can happen, right? 
It doesn't matter what change you're bound with. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, whatever's happening. If you get into the middle of but God, God can change whatever's going on in your life. Uh, but you've got to look to Him. You've got to look to Him. You've got to be ready to surrender to Him to allow Him to do what He needs to do in your life. And He wants to do it. Do y'all believe that anything can happen when God gets in the middle of it? Y'all believe anything? Anything. He can do anything. Hey, do y'all know people that are so lost you think there ain't no way? You know what? There's a way. There's a way. And I know because he did it for me. I was one of those people. I used to be one of them. But God, my life was a wreck, but God. You know, not everybody has that kind of testimony, and that's okay. But can I tell you, when you go from death to life, spiritually dead, no relationship to God, and you go to spiritual life having a relationship with God, that is a but God moment because it can't happen any other way but through his power. And it only happens through Jesus and through believing in Jesus. Look on at verses 4 through 7 of Ephesians 2. It says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead, again, what tenses were? Past tense. We were dead in our transgressions. He made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. Can somebody say amen? Can I see an amen on the, on the uh, chat? I want to see some amens. See, by grace you've been saved. Verse 6, and raised up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God is rich in love and mercy. Isn't that awesome? He is so rich in love and mercy. See, when we surrender our lives over to him, when we allow him to be in control, can I tell you, anything can happen. Anything. Doesn't matter what you see as the roadblock in front of you. It's not a roadblock when you got but God. Do you believe that? Do you live your life that way? I got to tell you, I, I have moments, y'all, where I'm, I'm living life like I've got a real little God. I'm not believing that. I'm just putting it out there. I've, I've had my moments, y'all. When things get tough and they're not going the way I think they should go and it looks like God's abandoned me for the moment and things aren't going my way, sometimes I feel like that. And you know what? It's okay to feel like that. But you can't stay there. You got to move on. You got to get back to truth because we know the truth is in God's Word and the truth is anything can happen when God gets in the middle of it. Anything can happen. Oh, man. So, what comes after the but God in your story? What comes after the but God in your story? See, we all have that but God moment of coming to know Him. Have you got other moments? Because I, I want to tell you, I've got multiple times in my life that I can go back and say, but God, 
Things were looking bad, but God. This wasn't looking right, but God. And it's kind of amazing. Here I am today, right? Just standing up here, just preaching away. I want us to look at a but God story out of Acts chapter 8. So flip over to Acts 8 now, if you got your Bible or your device, whatever. We're going to pick back up with the story of Philip. He's one of the first deacons. Uh, we determined that last week. And so in verse 25, Acts 8, 25, it says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Okay, so you remember that everybody except the apostles had been scattered from Jerusalem, right? And so they were doing what they knew to do. They were just preaching Jesus to everybody they saw, telling people about Jesus. And now he, he's coming back to Jerusalem from Samaria where he had been, coming back, and he decided, you know, hey, I'm just going to preach. That's why I know what to do. That's what Jesus taught me to do, so I'm just going to preach and share Jesus with people. And so look at verse 26. It says, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So Philip had an angel speak to him. Any of y'all had angels speak to you? Okay, I haven't either personally, uh, but obviously it does happen. Uh, I would say this, it probably never happened to Philip before, so it was probably his first angel too. Uh, it, but can you imagine? It would have been a big deal, right? If you knew this was an angel of the Lord talking to you, it, it would have been a big deal. So he told him what to do. So what did he do? Look at the first part of verse 27. It says, so he got up and went. All right. So an angel of the Lord comes and says, hey, go this road. Uh, this is a desert road. Go. It's out of the way, but go anyway. Go over here. And what did he do? Right off the bat. Okay. I'm in. Obedience. It, it was first time immediate obedience. When God spoke to him through that angel, Man, it was just, okay. Hey, he, he was ready to do whatever God told him to do. Now, I don't know about you, but let's just say I'm headed back to Jerusalem. I've been in Samaria. And I get this message, and it's from an angel, and says, I want you to go to this road that you're probably nowhere near where you were going. Um. Y'all, that would have been inconvenience. Think about it. I'm not even driving, for one thing. you got to walk. And so I'm having to go way over here, way out of the way. And he doesn't even tell me exactly what's going on. He just tells me to go. It, it had to be terribly inconvenient. I don't know about y'all. I'm really big on, you know, if, if I need to get somewhere, I'm like, I, I want to go. I don't want things distracting me. Well, Philip got distracted, didn't he? He got distracted, um, but he got up and went. It did, didn't matter what was going on. How's your obedience with what God has told you to do? See, God speaks to us all the time. Some of it is things we just know are right and wrong, right? Some of it is that, or are we doing that? 
Some of it, God speaks to our hearts while we're reading His Word, things are going on. Uh, Are you in obedience to everything God's told you to do right now? Because that's where God wants us to be, right? Where we're sitting there just like Philip, ready. An angel speaks, he speaks to our heart, whatever it is, however he desires to speak to us, that we're ready and willing and obedient when he speaks to us. You ever told God no? See, y'all won't fess up to that. I have. All right, I got a couple of people with hands like this. Uh, Felt like the Spirit was leading you to do something. And I'll tell you, most of the time for me, it's, it's when it's inconvenient, something, you know, I'm in the middle of doing something. Inconvenient. And I'm not done it, I've regretted it. I've got a couple of instances in my life that just haunt me. I don't think, I, you know, God, God is good and He's a loving and forgiving God. But God wants us to obey the second He shows us. And you know what I figured out is that every time I do that, it's always for the best. Always. Whatever I'm inconvenienced about is nothing compared to what he's asked me to do and what he wants me to do, desires me to do. Look at verse 27. It says, So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen, of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, sitting in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Okay, so Philip was first obedient to the angel, right? Philip was obedient to the angel to go and do what the angel had said. So he went to this road. Now he says, now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking to him this time, uh, I don't know if it was audible, if it was in his heart, but he knew the Holy Spirit was speaking and said, go up and, and t- overtake this chariot, right? Overtake this chariot. Um, God was giving Philip pretty clear directions, wasn't he? I mean, there wasn't much wiggle room in it. He had told him what to do, right? Exactly. So what did Philip do? Look in verse 30. Philip ran up and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Uh, Obedience. Again, just immediate. He just ran up, obedience, obedience, obedience. Now, here's the thing. Golly, this is where I don't want people to get messed up, okay? Obedience is so critical and critically important but only obedience from the right heart. See, I can obey God's law and obey what he says without my heart being in it because that's what the Pharisees did, right? They, they didn't really love God. They, they loved their position, their title. They loved knowing more than everybody else. They loved everything about it except for God. They knew more than than anybody, yet they didn't. Obedience is critical, but it has to be obedience from a heart that is surrendered, a heart that desires to serve, a heart that is sold out to Jesus Christ to what He wants. Because if we're just obeying to obey, 
Y'all, that, that's, that's, that's called legalism. When you're obeying just to obey. It's got to come from your heart. See, but God is in the heart-changing business. Our God changes hearts. Because that's when it's permanent. Can I tell you, you can go take people and, and you can turn them in to, to people who follow all the rules but be just as lost as they can be. No relationship with God. They can look like on the outside the greatest Christian ever. But if they don't have a relationship with God, if they haven't had that heart change, initial heart change, y'all, it's no good. It's worthless following all the rules. Got to have your heart. Has to be bent toward Him. Y'all, we're, we're, I'm going to tell you, we're coming to a time where the church, I just, I believe this with all my heart, the church is going to have some suffering. We're, we're going to have to go through some times of persecution. Are we ready? Are we ready to do that? Because I, I believe there's coming a day not too long in the future uh, that, that to stand up here and preach the gospel is, going, is not going to be legal. I know you think I'm crazy, but it's getting closer every day. It's getting closer every day. And here's the thing. I, I, are you willing, if somebody were to put a gun to your head and say, profess you're not a Christian or die, are you willing to die? Because I, I, th- I, think, I think it's coming to the point we're going to have some times like that. And we've got to be ready. Y'all, that's a decision you don't make in the middle of the fire. That's a decision you make long beforehand. I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. Are you willing to follow Him? So I know you're saying about Philip, you know, that God had an angel talk to him, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And, you know, that's a pretty big deal about you know, pretty clear about how to know how to go. But I don't have angels speaking to me. I don't have all this. How, how do I know? Can I tell you something? God is always clear when he wants you to hear something. We're the ones that muddy it up. God, God shows us what he needs to show us. Can I tell you, he desires you to accomplish His will for your life. He desires it more than you want to know it. And all it takes is surrender. We've got to surrender. And then verse 31 to 35 says this. So he's talking to the Ethiopian eunuch. It says, the Ethiopian eunuch says this, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this, found in Isaiah. He was Led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning from this scripture, preached Jesus to him. I'll tell you what, in the, in the realm of gospel presentation, 
this is what you call a lob, right? I mean, he's talking about the, the, the Jesus, what was going to happen to Jesus and what had just happened to Jesus. Straight out of the book of Isaiah, which was written 800 years before Jesus. What a great opportunity. What a great setup to share the gospel message. So what did Philip do? He opened his mouth. I think sometimes that's our problem. We don't want to open our mouths. We're hoping everybody will see how we live and, and you know, they'll, they'll know we're different. And that's true, and we, we, that should happen. That we should be different. But you know what? We've got to open our mouths. We've got to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Y'all, the good news is so simple. It's such a life-changing message, but it's, it's, it's so simple that we're all sinners. We all have sinned before a holy God. We've all done wrong things. We're sinners by nature and by choice. See, we were born dead in our sin, remember? We talked about that earlier. We were born dead. And so Jesus, because he loves us so much, because God loves us so much, sent his son Jesus to the earth to live a perfect sinless life so that he could justifiably be able to take our place by dying on the cross for our sins, paying the penalty of our sin. And, and he did that on purpose. He did that uh, because of his great love for us. And he died on the cross for the sins of the world. And if it had stopped there, it wouldn't be good news. Because the good news is that he rose from the dead after three days. He rose from the dead, and he lives still. Amen? He is alive. And because of his life, he gives to every believer, every person who receives Jesus, he gives the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our guide. He is our... He shows us the way. And every believer in Christ has the Holy Spirit. And if you've never come to a point in your life that you've received Jesus, man, you need to do that. You need to do that right now. I want to encourage you to call the number 334-298-0923, extension 110. Right now, I've got somebody who, who they're gonna, they will go pray for you that you would come to know Christ right now. I want to encourage you in that. The gospel's so important, y'all. Between your testimony and sharing that message that you can have life in Jesus, that, that we've got to open our mouths. We, we've got to share this message with people. We can't hold it in. We can't hang on to it. We've got to let go of it. Look at verses 36 to 39. It says, As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. 
Well, this is one of the places you see baptism always comes after salvation. That's just the way it happens. That's why we don't baptize babies, because we baptize people who have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What did the eunuch want to do? Obviously, it had been told to him what being baptized was. And so he had come to a saving faith in Christ, and he wanted to be baptized. Man, that's the way it's supposed to go. That's the way it's supposed to happen. See, this Ethiopian eunuch had this but God moment. Now, I've got to tell you, I don't know all about history and, and all that stuff, but I do want to say this. The Ethiopian eunuch received Christ right there. Where do you think the Ethiopian eunuch was going? Ethiopia, right? He was going back home. What do you think happened with the gospel message? That was the gospel message making it to Africa. Think about that. Because of one person being obedient, Philip being obedient, opening his mouth, doing what God has called him to do, it spread the gospel over a whole new continent. What an awesome, awesome thing to think about. What an awesome testimony. I titled today's message, You Want to Use Me? Because sometimes we feel like that. God, you want to use me? Well, the answer is yes, he does. He does. And can I tell you, this is, this is truth. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. We've still got to open our mouth. We've still, we've still got to be, be useful as a mouthpiece for his love, his grace, and his mercy for what he's done for us. So here's my question today. Are you ready, willing, and able to share the gospel message of Jesus whenever he leads? Are you willing? We all have to decide that. One of the things I do a lot of days is I, I pray for God to open up a door for me to be able to share the gospel. And you know, he doesn't do it every single time, but this is one thing I've noticed. When I pray that in the morning, I'm thinking about it during the day. It's on my heart during the day as I'm walking through my day looking for an opportunity that he might open. And you know what? You know, I, I, I know that I miss opportunity. I think we all do. But can I tell you, you have a lot better chance of having an opportunity and recognizing it when your heart's, you're praying it in the morning, your heart's ready, you're, you're looking for opportunities for Him to use you that day. And when you're looking for those opportunities, it's amazing how God shows up and does what only He can do. And He uses our mouths to do that. God desires to use you and he knows best. He wants you to help somebody else have a but God moment. He wants all of us to be involved. Every single one of us. Are you you ready to that? Will you listen to him? Will you trust him? Will you be bold? Because God he wants to use you, and He wants to take us and, and send us out into this community. I'm going to ask the band to come right now. I'm going to ask everybody else to stand. 
See, we sang this song. We're going to sing it again. It's, it's the God of this city. And He is the God of this city. Do you believe that? Say amen. He is the God of this city. He wants to use His church, the people on campus, the people online that have that relationship with God through Jesus. He wants to use us to change this city, to bring this city to Jesus Christ so that they can know the hope so that those chains can be broken, so that, so that God can just move and do what He desires to do in this city. And I believe He wants it to spread. He wants us to start here and to move outward. Will we be the one? Will you let Him use you the way He desires to use you? In just a second, I'm going to pray. After this prayer, I'm going to be down front if you need to pray. Um, they're going to put up some numbers and things for you to call if you're, uh, if you're online with us today. Don't leave this place if the Holy Spirit's moving in your life. Don't leave, don't leave this place without telling somebody what He's doing. Let me pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, as we come to this time of invitation, time of response, God, I, I just I pray for your movement today. As people online call or text, as people here come forward, God, I just pray that you would move. I, I pray that you would do what only I pray, God, that you would, we would be armies rising up to go tell this message, this message of great news, of great joy. And so, Lord, we trust you today. We thank you today for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise and glory. Thank you for listening to this Central Live podcast. If you'd like more information, visit our website at centrallive.org.